It's me, Birdie, the conductor of the story train. I'm the one that wears a green baseball cap with a little white birdie on the front and my favorite overalls. All aboard the story train. Find a comfy seat. We're about to leave the station, and you know what that means. We're going someplace new. One whistle. We're on our way. I wonder where Story Train will lead us this time. We're entering the Rainbow Tunnel. Hold on, everyone. It's off to far, far away. This is so exciting. Just on the other side of the short Rainbow Tunnel lies our destination. That was quick. We're already at the end of the tunnel. Oh wow! This is a very long river. In fact, we're on the banks of the Congo River, which is the second longest river in Africa after the Nile. How incredible is that? When we're in such an incredible place, there's sure to be a wonderful story. Today's story was in part imagined by L. Frank Baum, and is called the Laughing Hippopotamus. On one of the upper branches of the Congo River, lived an ancient and aristocratic family of hippopotamuses, which boasted a pedigree dating back beyond the days of Noah, beyond the existence of mankind. Far into the dim ages when the world was new, they had always lived upon the banks of this same river, so that every curve and sweep of its waters, every pit and shallow of its bed, every rock and stump and wallow upon its bank, was as familiar to them as their own mothers, and they are living there yet, I suppose. The queen of this tribe of hippopotamuses had a child, which she named Keo because he was so plump and round. Still, that you may not be misled, I will say that in the hippopotamus language, Keo, properly translated, means plump and lazy instead of plump and round. However, no one called the queen's attention to this error, because her tusks were monstrously long and sharp, and she thought that Keo was the sweetest baby in the world. And he was indeed. Keo rolled and played in the soft mud of the river bank and waddled inland to nibble the leaves of the wild cabbage that grew there, and was happy and contented from morning until night. And he was the jolliest hippopotamus that ancient family had ever known. His little red eyes were forever twinkling with fun, and he laughed his merry laugh on all occasions, whether there was anything to laugh at or not. Therefore, the people who dwelt in that region called him Ippy, which means the jolly one. Although they dared not come too near him on account of his fierce mother and his equally fierce uncles and aunts and cousins who lived in a vast colony upon the riverbank, 
And while these people, who lived in villages scattered among the trees, dared not openly attack the royal family of hippopotamuses, when they managed to catch these animals alive, they had a trick of riding them through the jungles as if they were horses. Therefore, having this in mind, whenever the tribe of hippopotamuses smelled people about, they were accustomed to charge upon them furiously, and if by chance they overtook one of their human enemies, they would stamp the poor person into the earth with their huge feet. It was continual warfare between the hippopotamuses and the people. Gooey lived in one of the villages. He was the son of the chief's brother and grandson of the village sorcerer, the latter being an aged man known as the Boneless Wonder, because he could twist himself into as many coils as a serpent and had no bones to hinder his bending his flesh into any position. This made him walk in a wobbly fashion, but all the people had great respect for him. Gooey's home was made of branches of trees stuck together with mud, and his clothing was nothing fancy. But his relationship to the chief and the sorcerer gave him a certain dignity, and he was much addicted to solitary thought. Perhaps it was natural that these thoughts frequently turned upon his enemies, the hippopotamuses, and that he should consider many ways of capturing them. Finally, he completed his plans and set about digging a great pit into the ground, midway between two sharp curves of the river. When the pit was finished, Gooey covered it over with small branches of trees and strewed earth upon them, smoothing the surface so artfully that no one would suspect there was a big hole underneath. Then Gooey laughed softly to himself and went home to supper. That evening, the hippopotamus queen said to Keo, who was growing to be a fine child for his age, I wish you'd run across the bend and ask your Uncle Nicky to come here. I have found a strange plant, and I want him to tell me if it is good to eat. The jolly Keo laughed heartily as he started upon his errand, for he felt as important as a child does when he is sent for the first time to the grocery shop to buy a cake. Guck, 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 was the way Keo laughed. And if you think a hippopotamus does not laugh this way, you have but to listen to one and you will find it is true. Keo crawled out of the mud where he was wallowing and tramped away through the bushes, and the last his mother heard as she lay half in and half out of the water was his musical guck-guck-guck-guck-guck laughter dying away in the distance. Keo was in such a happy mood that he scarcely noticed where he stepped, so he was much surprised when, in the middle of a laugh, the ground gave way beneath him, and he fell to the bottom of Gooey's deep pit. He was not badly hurt, but had bumped his nose severely as he went down, so he stopped laughing and began to think how he should get out again. Then he found the walls were higher than his head, and that he was a prisoner. So Keo laughed a little at his own misfortune, and the laughter soothed him to sleep, so that he snored all through the night until daylight came again. 
When Gooey peered over the edge of the pit the next morning, he exclaimed, "Why, 'tis Ippy, the jolly one!" Keo recognized the scent of a human and tried to raise his head high enough to bite him. Gooey spoke in the hippopotamus language, which he had learned from his grandfather, the sorcerer. Have peace, little jolly one. You are my captive. Yes, but I will soon find my way free," retorted Keo, and then he laughed at his own comment. Guck, 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 guck. But Gooey, being a thoughtful person, went away without further talk and did not return until the following morning. When he again leaned over the pit, Keo was so weak from hunger. That he could hardly laugh at all. Do you give up? Asked Gooey. Or do you still wish to fight the inevitable, my jolly hippo? What will happen if I give up? Inquired Keo. Hmm. Gooey scratched his head in perplexity. It is hard to say, Ippy. You are too young to work or ride. Why, oh jolly one, did you fall into my hole? I wanted to catch your mother or one of your uncles. Laughed Keo. You must let me go, after all, for I am of no use to you. That I will not do, declared Gooey. Unless he added, as an afterthought, you will make a bargain with me. Oh, let me hear about the bargain then, for I am hungry, said Keo. I will let you go. If you swear by the tusks of your grandfather that you will return to me in a year and a day, and stay with me forever to work and let me ride you, the youthful hippopotamus paused to think, for he knew it was a solemn thing to swear by the tusks of his grandfather. But he was exceedingly hungry, and a year and a day seemed a long time off. So Keo said with another careless laugh. Very well, guck 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 guck. If you will now let me go, I swear by the tusks of my grandfather to return to you in a year and a day. Gooey was much pleased, for he knew that in a year and a day, Keo would be almost full grown. So he began digging away one end of the pit and filling it up with the earth until he had made an incline which would allow the hippopotamus to climb out. Keo was so pleased when he found himself upon the surface of the earth again that he indulged in a merry fit of laughter. After which he said, "Goodbye, Gooey. In a year and a day, you will see me again." Then he waddled away toward the river to see his mother and get his breakfast. And Gooey returned to his village. It's time for us to head back to Flugerville. Here comes the Rainbow Tunnel. Come back and see me again. You never know where the story train will take us, but it's always lots of fun. If you like stories, search for Go Kid Go wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll find lots of adventures. See you next time.